0: It's very important to know that God decided that man should fall in love and that there should be something called marriage so that he can use marriage to teach man what he is about to do with man. Man has always been the problem. God has never been the problem. It has always been man trying to space himself from God, but God has always been friendly. God has always been faithful. God has always been loving. God has always been there. So the whole issue about why God decided to give Adam a wife was that, let me show you how close I want you to be with me after the whole marriage illustrations in genesis and all of that when we get down to revelation we now see the real thing that god was teaching us that for every wedding we attend for every place we see marriage god was teaching us on the relationship he will be having with us when this world is over he was teaching us this is how close i'm going to be with you this is how close I want our relationship to be. This is how close I want you to take me. So, the marriage we see ourselves into is just what God is designing for his relationship with you. And God said to me, if you stay for some time and the lady doesn't call you, how do you feel? I said, I feel terrified. I feel I'm losing something. I said, if you call two times, the person doesn't pick call. How do you feel? I said, it's not always a nice experience with me. He said, what if you see the person walking with someone else? I said, no, 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 no. I can't handle it. And God said, if you give me that attention. Ah. And God started talking to me. He said, do you know how jealous I am when I'm seeing you walking with sin? you know how jealous I am when I see you playing with lies? Do you know? That's why when you are reading the book of Deuteronomy, you find God repeating himself often to his lover, which is me. I am a jealous lover. So God brings marriage to teach us how he wanted to be close to us. How does marriage work? What marriage does is that marriage makes somebody to choose one person over very many persons that he loves in his life. And when you read through the scriptures, you find God says, do not have any other God before me. He's trying to marry you. Marriage is going to make you to adjust. If you like short skirts and your husband loves long skirts, you have to adjust. Sometimes you wear it, reach the main road, come back, change it again. When you get married to God too, it wants you to adjust. They are close, you have to pull off from your wardrobe. They are friends You have to let go. It will make you adjust. I don't trust your salvation. If after you've given your life to Christ, you cannot adjust. Very many people have not gotten into this part of their relationship with God yet. And every day God is showing us with a drama like this. A wedding on earth like this is a symbol on how God wanted you to be. I mean you can be so close to God that if God wants to go on somewhere, he calls you first to tell you. In the book of Genesis, the Bible said God wanted to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and had to tell his lover, Abraham. So close to God. Another relationship that we find when people are married is that sometimes what your mother says is what your father says. Your mother said you are not going out and you now rush and want to outsmart your mother and go and tell your father. And that we are going out for this thing today. Have you asked your mother? What is she saying? What she's saying is what he's saying. When we get close to God too and get married to God, what we are saying is what he's saying. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 18 to verse 25. this so we'll be reading And the Lord said, "It is not good that a man should be alone. I will make him an help meet for him." Verse 19 says, "And out of the ground, the Lord God formed every beast of the field and every fowl of the air, brought them before Adam to see what Adam would call them. And uh, whatsoever Adam would call him was what he wanted them to be. And Adam gave them names of all the cattle and the fowls of the air and every of the beasts of the field." But for Adam, there was not found a help meet for him. And the Lord caused a deep sleep. He said, since you've not found a help meet, I want you to sleep. Cause a deep sleep to fall upon Adam and he slept. If you're sitting down close to a young person, tell the person, I hope you're still sleeping. Alright, so he said he make him to sleep. And he took one of the ribs and closed it up. With flesh again instead thereof. And the rib which the Lord God had taken from Adam. He made a woman. Brought it unto him. And still see if he will find it as a helpmate. And Adam said. This is now. You have to be very much in love with the word now. That is all along. I have been seeing the things you brought to me. But this is now. Bone of my bones and the flesh. Of my flesh. She shall be called the woman. Because she was taken out of man. Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother. And shall cleave unto his wife. And they shall be one flesh. And they were both naked. And the Bible said they were not ashamed. Revelation 19 from verse 79. Let us be glad and rejoice. And give honor to him. For the marriage of the lamb is come. And his wife had made herself ready. Until her was granted that she should be arrayed in fine linen, clean and white. For the fine linen is the righteousness of the saints. Verse 9. And he said unto me, Write, Blessed are they which are called unto the marriage supper of the Lamb. And he said unto me, These are the true sayings of God. I want you to be seated in God's presence. As I'll be preaching today powerfully on what I call, this is like the love I promised you. Tell somebody, this is like the love love. I promised you. you. Amen. Amen. Alright, it's very important to know that God decided that man should fall in love. And that there should be something called marriage so that he can use marriage to teach man what he is about to do with man. When we read Genesis, you discover how much God needed to be close to man. There have been several efforts by God to be closer to man. Man has always been the problem. God has never been the problem. It has always been man trying to space himself from God, but God has always been friendly. God has always been faithful. God has always been loving. God has always been honest. God has always been true. God has always been there. He's always man that is not always there, not always faithful, not always there with God. So the whole issue about why God decided to give Adam a wife was that, let me show you how close I want you to be with me. Let me show you how close I need you to be. That is why when you read Genesis, Genesis becomes the beginning of everything. It shows how things are to be because it digs it into the origin. When you go down to Revelation, you see actually how things also will be. Genesis is how things were supposed to be, how God made them from the beginning. When you go to Revelation, you see how they are going to be after the war here is gone. So when you find marriage in Genesis, you see God talking to man, making man to see a lot of things and to choose which one is going to be more suitable. The Bible makes some words so powerful like help me. Another word that is very powerful is suitability. That is, I want you to get married to somebody who is a helpmate. Somebody that can be able to meet you at the point of your need. Somebody of your level that can be able to help you out when you are in trouble. And gave Adam a wife. Giving Adam a wife, I keep asking God, God, but was that help suitable? Was the help suitable? Was if... Able to do everything that should be able to make a man not to need a help. Because if the help is to be suitable, then it has to be such a help that if I have this help, I don't need any other help. And God said to me, I wanted man to feel or have a woman so that he will use the woman to learn that he needs to have me. The real person that is going to be suitable for us. When you read down to Revelation, you now see that after the whole marriage, I'm coming back to what I just left now. After the whole marriage illustrations in Genesis and all of that, the whole of the Bible talks about marriage. This one begat this, this one get married to this, this one knew this, have this. When we get down to Revelation, we now see the real thing that God was teaching us. That for every wedding we attend, for every place we see marriage, for every place we see a husband and a wife, God was teaching us on the relationship he will be having with us when this war is over. He was teaching us, this is how close I'm going to be with you. This is how close I want our relationship to be. This is how close I want you to take me. So the marriage we see in the Bible And the marriage we see ourselves into is just what God is designing for his relationship with you. I was preaching a few days ago in one of our branch churches and I was telling them that one of the things that we ought to do is that God wants us to date him. Most times, you see, we rush into getting into finding love in the arms of men when we have not yet found love in the arms of God. So God is teaching you He's bringing you today into a wedding for you to see the kind of love he's been promising you. When God is talking about us, he talks to us and says to us, come out from among them and be ye separate. What is he talking about? He's talking to us just like the man told the woman, leave every other man that you admire and come out of among them and let's be separate. So God has been trying to use marriage that we see physically, to teach us on the kind of relationship that he wants to have with you. Yeah. I remember when I gave my life to Christ newly. I desired to have so much of the presence of God. I didn't want to be a believer that is just coming to church i studied philosophy so they gave me very many reasons that god is not alive they gave me very many points so if you want to say god is alive you have to prove it so i needed to have physical proofs for myself so that when a lecturer comes in and tell me god is not alive i will tell him uh, if god is not alive when i laid hands on somebody who made the person to fall down so i see i needed some physical and tangible proof to convince myself because I saw some people who started studying the course and on year two, year three, they weren't going to church again because they were convinced otherwise. So I needed physical proof to be able to prove to myself in order to prove to somebody that God is tangible and God is real and God is always there. And God said to me, when I served you, you had girlfriends. I said, yes, I do. And he said to me, which one was the closest of them all? I mentioned the name. He said, okay. And uh, you said you want to be close to me? I said, yes, no, not just that I want to be close to you. I want you to be close to me. But you see, most times, you see, we want God to be close to us, but we don't want us to be close to God. So God says, I want you to be closer to me because if you are closer to me, I'm going to be closer to you. And I told God, so God, how am I going to be closer to you or what should I do to be closer to you? And God said to me, the same way you gave that lady attention, give me that attention. I said, how do you mean, God? I want to know what you mean. He said to me, how many times did you used to talk to the lady a day? I said, there's... If we have recharge card, at least more than three times. But average of three times. God said, can you give me three times communication with me? Three times. Talk to me about three times a day. Just pray three times a day. When I heard that, I discovered that that was the secret of Daniel. The Bible said he prayed three times a day. He was a president ruling over a province in Babylon. And could have time to pray three times a day and you are a jam bite you don't even have jam yet and you don't even have time and he said you want God to be with you like he was with Daniel when you cannot be with God the way Daniel was with God And so that has always been our problem. And God said to me, if you stay for some time and the lady doesn't call you, how do you feel? I said, I feel terrified. I feel I'm losing something. I said, if you call two times, the person doesn't pick call, how do you feel? I said, it's not always a nice experience with me. He said, what if you see the person walking with someone else? I said, no, 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 no. I can't handle it. And God said, if you give me that attention. ah, God said, if you give me that attention, and God started talking to me. He said, do you know how jealous I am when I'm seeing you walking with sin? Do you know how jealous I am when I see you playing with lies? Do you know? That's why when you are reading the book of Deuteronomy, you find God repeating himself often to his lover, which is me. I am a jealous lover. He keeps emphasizing on that. And so he's telling you this is how we are going to roll in this our relationship. Remember, I'm jealous. Don't walk too close to your cousin. I'm jealous. <laughs> so God is using marriage in the Bible to explain to us how much he wants us to be closer to him. That's why when you read 1 Corinthians chapter 6 and read it down, you keep finding God admonishing through Paul, the young people. He keeps talking to them. He said to them, A young person cared for the things of the Lord, just like a married person will care for the husband. And so what God was saying in that place is that, you've not done dating me yet. You've not done having me all for yourself. And uh, you guys are not going to have that very time you used to have again for yourself. One of the things I really miss so much now that I'm married is that I miss my loneliness. I miss my times I used to lock myself up and just stay for some time and nobody cares to call. I miss those times. I miss some certain advice. Now if I want to go on fasting, my wife will have to advise me whether I should not start it next week. Can't you start it next week? Don't you think this week is too close? Can't you start next week? You want to do seven days? Why not do three days? God expects us to be that closer to him. To relate so close to him. And if you relate that close to him, you are going to start feeling the same presence and the same attention that you used to get from other people when you were closer to them. When God said, I'm giving you a helpmate. I'm coming back to the point I left. When God said, I'm giving you a helpmate. When we checked, a wife was not really what could meet up. A wife couldn't really meet up to that very gap that Adam was expecting. In fact, the wife became a problem for him in chapter 3. But when I read down the scripture, Jesus promised. He said, I'm sending you the comforter. And he described the Holy Spirit. After describing the Holy Spirit, he talks to us about that one of the role of the Holy Spirit is that he's going to be a helper. And so when I heard the word a helper, I discovered that the missing space we had in Genesis chapter 2 is what God was trying to show us So God brings marriage to teach us how he wanted to be close to us. How does marriage work? What marriage does is that marriage makes somebody to choose one person over very many persons that he loves in his life. Very many persons. Choose one person. And when you read through the scriptures, you find God says, Do not have any other God before me. He's trying to marry you. He's trying to marry you. He said, Don't have any other God before me marriage marriage will make you to adjust I don't know if I'm talking to you or talking to them marriage is going to make you to adjust if you like short skates and your husband loves long skates you have to adjust sometimes you wear it, reach the main road, come back, change it again when you get married to God too, it wants you to adjust they are close, you have to pull off from your wardrobe they are friends, you have to let go it will make you adjust I don't trust your salvation. If after you've given your life to Christ, you cannot adjust. I don't trust your salvation. It will adjust you. It will tell you your friends you should not visit again. God, you don't know God. You've not dated him before. God will give you something to do that is not convenient. That's the thing that marriage will do to you. Most times I tell my wife, please wake up, cook something for me. He said, I'm not feeling fine. I said, but I'm not also feeling fine. Get something for me. Even with how she's not convenient, she's going to try to do it. Marriage will make you to do something that you are not convenient. When you get married to God, you will do something that is not convenient. Have you picked a phone before after listening to a message and sent somebody a text and said, "Oh, that relationship is going on again. Have you done something that is not convenient? I was preaching somewhere, and a young man removed the memory card on his phone and broke it. I said, why did you remove the memory card and break it? He said, the pornographies that are in the memory card, there are so much, I don't want to compromise with it. I said, you would have just formatted it. He said, Pastor, I know how many times I wanted to format it. But when I look through it and want to watch it for the last time, I can't forget it. So because of that, I have to do something that is not convenient. When you get married to God, you... To do something that is not convenient, have you insulted somebody before? Walked out on your right, and God said, Are you done? He said, Yes, he said, Go back and apologize. And you said, God, but you know, it was him that wronged me first. And he said, Go back and apologize. And you went back and started talking to the person, the alpha, the, uh, that's thing where you know, now you know so we be brothers, no, no, they do like that again. And you leave, and God said, That was not apologizing. Go back, go back and say you were sorry. You know that's one of the things that you don't like doing. Says you are sorry. Because you are sorry means that when I did that, I was foolish. Now I'm wise. So you have to go back and say you are sorry. And the moment you do that, you find this joy that comes into your heart. It's called the joy of salvation. It comes into your heart. And I tell people that are dating God that the joy of salvation is the joy That flows from the throne of heaven. But since you are now connected to heaven. I think I should do a full recap on that one. When you give your life to Christ. You feel what is called the joy of salvation. Why you feel a joy of salvation. Is because the Bible said. There is joy in heaven. For somebody that is saved. So the moment somebody is saved up there in heaven. There is a joy in heaven. And since you are now connected to heaven. You can feel a tip of what they are feeling over there. So what you feel down here is called the joy of salvation. The joy of how God is rejoicing over there. I can't be rejoicing over here and God is not rejoicing. So that's what happens to us. When you get married to God, it puts you in an inconvenient time of your life. When you give your life to God, there are very many things that are not going to be convenient at all. Very many things. Maybe all through your life, you used to steal exams in school. When you give your life to Christ, it adjusts you. You don't even need to be the one to tell people that you are saved. They will know. They will tell you something has changed. And when they ask you, what's the secret? Tell them it's because of the new guy I'm dating. They'll be thinking it's your neighbor. They'll be thinking it's another guy. Tell him, no, I've just fallen in love with Jesus. I've fallen in love with Jesus. Very many people have not gotten into this part of their relationship with God yet. And every day God is showing us with a drama like this, a wedding on earth like this, is a symbol on how God wanted you to be. I mean you can be so close to God that if God wants to go on somewhere, he calls you first to tell you. In the book of Genesis, the Bible said God wanted to go and destroy Sodom and Gomorrah and had to tell his lover, Abraham, I want to go somewhere and destroy. What do you think, honey? Honey, what do you think? He said, Well, um, uh, I don't know. Let's negotiate. What if you find so, so, so number of people? Will you destroy? So close to God. Another relationship that we find when people are married is that sometimes what your mother says is what your father says. Your mother said, You are not going out. And you now rush and want to outsmart your mother and go and tell your father, that hey, we are going out for this thing today. Have you asked your mother? What is she saying? <laughs> She said, "We are not going." But I want us to go. No, no, no! You have to obey your mother. Go back. What she's saying is what he's saying. When we get close to God too, and get married to God too, what we are saying is what he's saying. What he says is what we say. No wonder the man called Elijah stood up one day and said, uh, "There will be no rain or dew for three and a half years, according to my words." And people were wondering, who is this one saying according to my words? You would have even said according to the word of God. But they didn't know this guy is married to God. They are so married that what he's saying is what God is saying. I believe there must have been pastors who gathered around and said, God, let there be rain for where? I'm married to somebody. My wife said, no rain. My wife said, no rain, not even a dew. For three and a half years. If you have any prayer to pray for rain, after three and a half years. See how concrete the relationship of people used to be with God. You see, most times we envy the people that had good relationship with God. And we start wishing, ah, where is the God of Elijah? No, 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 no. You should be asking, where are the Elijah of the God of Elijah? Where are the people who could give God that much attention that he needs? Because it's not always God that is not paying back. It is us that not give It's to God. God will always prove to you that he's more faithful than you are. God will always prove to you that his name is love. You love, his name is love. He will always prove to you that he's more faithful in the deal than you are. So give him a try. Where is the God? Where is the miracles as it was in the days of old? If we have people who can behave the way the people of the old behave, we will have the same miracles. But the problem in our generation is that we have changed. And so what Jesus did on the cross of Calvary was to give us a great sacrifice. It was a traditional rites. He paid everything. And in Revelation, where we read, he promised us that there's going to be a marriage of the Lamb. And he said, blessed is he who does not miss that marriage at all. Blessed are they that are called into the marriage supper. So he's saying that this marriage that you are seeing, the way you find these people shut down their business, shut down everything. He's saying one day I'm going to shut down the whole world and pick the people I love for the marriage I've been preparing them for. So this is just a symbol for you to use and know. Am I prepared to be married to God one day? When this whole world is over. When everything has gone. And one thing about marriage is that. You see the moment this lady is married to this guy. They do a change of name. Have you discovered that the moment you become a child of God. There has been a change of name. And God is coming to rapture his people. That's why the Bible said there will be no marriage in heaven. Because there is already a great marriage over there. So you won't come do your small marriage. There is a closeness that God is inviting us into intimacy that god is calling us into there's a level of relationship that god is calling us into and it uses marriage to teach us imagine how a wife is so close to the husband and uh, the wife will cook and the husband doesn't want to eat it would have been an advantage but the wife can't even eat too why my husband doesn't want to eat have you been that close to god before That you keep worshipping God. You came to the church to worship God. And after worshipping God, you failed. God didn't take your worship. And you are moody. And you keep asking yourself, what did I do that made God not to take my worship? And God said, you finished masturbating, came down to worship me. Do you think I'm that hungry to get anything to eat? Even from a masturbating hand? I don't just need a song, I need a singer too. Have you gotten to the point that you cook and give to God. He doesn't eat and you are not fine? Because that's a relationship and that's the love that God is training us into. And God is telling us, if you give me the kind of attention a wife gives to a husband, I'll give you the attention too that a husband gives to a wife. You see, there are very many things going wrong in our generation today because very many people want to rule and run marriage. on their, they read on Facebook. There have been two books now. The Holy Bible and Facebook. So some people run their marriage based on what they read on Facebook. So when they read something on Facebook. And they say wow. If you want peace to reign in your family. Don't touch your husband's phone. So that's what they live on. But I see that for everything that we are trying to find solutions into marriage. Is because there is a point that we did not obey God well. If there was faithfulness. Why would we have such conversations of nobody should touch somebody's phone if there should be peace in the family? There shouldn't be such conversations if there is faithfulness. There shouldn't be such conversations. So the conversations is birthed from unfaithfulness, the grounds of unfaithfulness. So we find a lot of people trying to give solutions on Facebook for people who don't read the Bible. To give them solutions on how to service a wrong marriage. And none of the solution works. God is giving you an example that he wants you to follow. Then the example is all in the scripture. You cannot go and use something else. To come and service something that God instituted by himself. If what God instituted by himself have problem. Go back to God. He had a spare tire. He had a spare part for it. So when we find divorce And find very many things happening. It is because there are people. That have slack in taking God's instruction. important. So for everywhere you cannot reap the promises of God. There are instructions that you have neglected. Especially that of the marriage. And God desires. That we should be very close to him. And the reason why he desires that we should be very close to him. Is because in that Genesis. The help that he gave. Is not suitable the help that is suitable is the Holy Spirit. So he gives you what you're for, and after you've gotten what you're for, you still see a space that you need God. There are times in people's life that you think that all that you need is academic qualifications and if I even have degree, for the few places I'm looking for a job, they're even asking me for degree if I just have degree. After you keep shouting and shouting degree, degree, one day you now have it and still know that life is still normal. And God keeps pointing you to Something that is bigger than all of that. And the thing that is pointing you to that is bigger than that is himself. That's why he keeps reminding us, without me, you can do nothing. I really thank God for this, my two children. Very many times, they are people that when they want to get married, they will insult everybody, offend everybody, talk back at anybody, do very many bad things at anybody because they have their day. That's their day of their life. So they have to insult everybody, misbehave, and do every other thing. Yeah. But sometimes those are the people that still get into the marriage. I still see that the people they snub And move into the marriage. I see the people they need. The pastor they insulted. I see the pastor they need back. To so ask please how do I behave. To so reduce my husband's lap. Every morning. So God is bringing us. To teach us. This is the love I've been talking to you about. This is the love. This one walked out of the family. The Bible said, leave your family and cleave to the young man. He has just left the family. And we'll not even be answering the name of the family again. He's not going to answer the name of the family of the young man that he just met. not even sure they've met up the three years. They've just met. And God said, that's the kind of love I always promise you. I promise you to leave whatever family thing and behavior you have. And accept me as your Lord and Savior. So when we find in Genesis that Sarah was calling the husband Lord, it was something to tell us that when we say, God, I accept you as my Lord and Savior, we have to treat him as a husband. We have to treat him as a husband. So that's what God is teaching us. God said, this is the kind of love I've been telling you about. This is the kind of love I've been telling you to have with me. Exactly the kind of love. I told you to leave every other person and come to me and I will take care of you. This is the kind of love I told you all along. Somebody came to me and told me, hey, Pastor, I want you to pray for me to get married. I wanted to pray in the house. But the Holy Spirit did his work by making the person to talk more. I would have prayed amiss. And he said, man of God, no, 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 don't pray yet. Let me tell you everything. I said, okay. He said, currently, as I'm even talking to you, I'm living in this man's house. Who said he was going to marry me? Pastor, do you know I've even aborted two times for this guy? Because each time I get into pregnancy, he tells me I have to abort it. I have to abort it. I said, so you're even living with a man. And praying for God to give you a husband. Which church do you attend? How do they preach to you? You are living in immorality and still looking for God's help? So you find that there are very many persons who want to trick God into loving them. But they never love God by themselves. They don't have love for God. Their relationship with God is nothing to write home about. But they still want God. Sometimes you find people running to the altar and say, God, please, I want you right now. Somebody came to me and said, "Want God right now to heal my mother?" I said, "Where is your home?" He said, "Our home is at Ikorekbeni. I want God to heal my mother now. I want the altar to leave this altar, run down to Ikorekbeni, heal my mother now." I asked the guy, "If God tells you to leave whatever thing that you're doing and come down right now, will you do it? You better send God things that you have been doing for him." Very many people are not very, very good in their relationship with God. But they want God to always be faithful. Whereas in marriage, God wants you to be as faithful to him, just like he's faithful to you. That's why he said, if you're closer to me, I'll be closer to you. To the crooked, I'm crooked. So God can be a very bad husband to somebody who's a bad wife to him. And so God is saying, this is the kind of love I've been talking to you about. I mean, where you can walk out of very many things and say, Jesus, I accept you as my Lord and Savior. From today, I want you to rule over my life. I want you to influence everything I do. I want it to be the choices, be the center of my choice. If this young woman now wants to travel to Onicha, and the husband says, you're not going anywhere. All the Onicha vibe has died. Though. All the Facebook Onicha, here I come, has died. The highest she can do is to get inside the house and cry. Why are you crying? She, you don't want me to go to Niche again. That's how God wants you to take Him as your Lord and Savior. Let's be upstanding, everybody. Bow your heads, everybody. The Bible said, "Blessed is the man who will make it to the marriage supper of the Lamb." Blessed is the person. So after all this dating. There are times that people are doing courtship. Courtship is a time where they are closer to see if we can marry. There are times the things they discover in courtship, they can't continue. So what God is asking you is that after this whole courtship, can we get married? When Jesus is talking in the Bible, he said, I'm coming to a church without spots or wrinkle. So and I asked him, after you have paid for the church on the cross of Calvary, So it was then that I discovered that he can pay that amount and still walk out of it. I want you to bow your heads, everybody. Baby, God just brought you here for you to hear his word. Talk to God wherever you are. Speak to Jesus. Because this marriage that you are seeing today is a symbol of a marriage that you're going to see. That's the whole thing. So God makes it to happen almost all the Saturdays. So all Saturday God is reminding you that one day I'm getting married to you fully. I have paid for your bread price. At the cross of Calvary. One day I'm coming to take you home. It's reminding you every day. With every sermon or every poster that you see somebody is getting married. is telling you every day. Sometimes you find somebody, marrying somebody from a different tribe entirely. And God is using that to tell you. He's telling you don't mind that. You're finding it difficult to learn me. Yeah, people marry from other tribes too. There times you're getting married to God. And you're already a very great liar. As in you lie even, your good morning is a lie. That's your culture. And God is calling you to something very opposite. That you have to tell the truth. Yes, he's telling you I can marry somebody. People marry people from other tribes. I want you to bow your heads. Bow your heads, everybody. Talk to Jesus wherever you are. in Refiner City, we don't even spend time talking to the couple that are waiting there because I do that every month. Every first Sunday of the month, we gather people here that are getting ready to marry and people that have married and we advise them every first Sunday of the month in the evening. We talk to them. We call it expression. So today, you must have learned all the things on expression. If you don't, then go online. The preachings are there. Listen to them over and over again. Today I have to talk to your guests. I may not see them tomorrow. So I want you to bow your heads everybody. How close are you with God who created you? Or are you going to be like one of the fools in the Bible? Who said to himself, my soul, you have labored, you have gotten this, you have done this. Sit down, rejoice, eat, drink, make merry. And God said, you are a fool. This night, your life is required from you. Are you going to live in this life that you don't have God in your plan? I spoke to a young boy to join the church. I said, I want to be coming to church every Sunday. He said to me, I'm not a church type. God is not supposed to be a choice. God is a necessity. Close your eyes, everybody. Keep talking to God. You have two more minutes to do so. Without him, you can do nothing. Can do nothing. Without him, you can do nothing. I've seen billions who commit suicide. Without him, you can do nothing. Money can satisfy. Thank you, Jesus. As we all bow our heads in prayers, if you are here and you have not given your life to Jesus, I will love you with all humility to lift your hand above your head gonna pray for you right now. I don't care if you're a church member, the devil sometimes can make you be a church member, but not have your name in the life. If you are here and you've not found Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I want your hands lifted up and I'm gonna pray for you. Or you're listening to us on the internet or listening to us on your phone, you can do so wherever you are. Just lift your right hand above your head, I'm praying for you now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray. That the souls that your hands are lifted up are worn by you. I speak in the name of Jesus that your blood is sufficient unto them. I pray in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against them shall prosper. As they move right now from darkness into light. I speak in the name of Jesus that you will guide them through the journey. Till the day they will wear a white garment and stand with